The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. of people in their 40s and 50s have both an aging parent and a child under the age of 21. Caring for people in multiple generations demands time, love, attention, and more. Welcome to Caught Between Generations with your host, Dr. Meryl Griff. Our program will bring you the information you need as a family caregiver for everyone for whom you care with guest experts and resources to help you keep sane and organized. Now, here is Dr. Meryl Griff. Hi, it's Dr. Meryl, and I'm here with my beautiful co-host, Deanna Albrecht. Hi, Meryl. Hi, Deanna. How are you? How are you? I'm fine. It's great that we're here together today, and it's great that we're here with our listeners. We know how hard you work and overwhelmed and stressed you are at times, so thank you so much for joining us today. So we have a question at the beginning. Actually, we have a series of questions, so think about it. What makes you feel uneasy or anxious? I mean, and when you feel that way, how do you cope with those feelings? What about when those around you feel this way? How do you help your child feel calmer and more confident in their ability to deal with life? And how do you help your friends or other family members deal with tough situations? We begin today's show with Sherrianna Boyle sharing her mindful approach to helping your child feel confident, capable, and in control of their emotions. And then Dr. Kesley Crow will help us find ways to know what to say and do when trying to help people we love when their life becomes complicated and you know you just don't know what to say or what to do but first it's Sherrianna Boyle she is the author of six books including our featured book today which is the conscious parenting guide to overcoming childhood anxiety Sherrianna is an adjunct psychology professor she's a seasoned yoga instructor so she'll be mm, I feel calmer already <laughs> she's a licensed school psychologist and a quantum healing practitioner Sherry Anna's work has been featured in over 50 published articles, including Psychology Today, and she is the mother of three beautiful daughters. Welcome, Sherry Anna, to Caught Between Generations. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. So, Sherry Anna, let's, let's define what it is we're really talking about, because everyone's definition of anxiety is different. So you can go all the way from what psychologists we call a generalized anxiety disorder to mm-hmm. kids who are just feeling anxious when there is a when there's a trigger, when there's like specific events such as starting school or transitional times, which sometimes could be even like bedtime. Um, and then you talk in your book about anxiety being a product of development. So, as we're talking today, are we going to be talking about all of those? Are we talking about one of those? What are we really talking about when we talk about childhood anxiety? 
Sure. I'm going to keep this as, as simple as I can uh, because it's, you can get quite clinical about anxiety, what exactly the symptoms that are required in order to get a diagnosis. But I'm, what I'm speaking to, uh, and I do talk about that in the book so parents can um, differentiate, but anxiety is really identified for chronic worrying. It's a, a chronic worrying that impacts you psychologically and physiologically, and it impacts, it impacts your day-to-day functioning. What, what I do find to me in my practice is that word anxiety brings up anxiety. <laughs> and so what I have... That's true. What I have, <laughs> what I have done is when I meet, with, I meet with a lot of teenagers and parents is I actually substitute the word now for reactivity because that's actually what's happening. They're having a reaction. And anxiety is not bad. It's just how we handle it, which can make it become magnified. But I, I find um, that there's uh, a reactivity and there's different levels of reactivity. And so when I meet with a parent and maybe their child, I explain that to them, that, that sometimes we have low levels of reactivity, sometimes we have more of the mid-range, and sometimes we have high levels of reactivity. And the, the low levels of reactivity, the way that I've identified them, and this is actually, I'm going to be honest with you, this is, uh, some of this is in the Conscious Parenting Guide, and then some of this is in a new book I'm writing right now. Uh, but the low levels of reactivity are, you can still stay in the eye. So I'm aware that I'm reacting I'm aware that I have choices that I might actually, um, that maybe I could breathe or I could leave the room or, or I could, um, you know, go outside. And, and nowadays I think kids are being more and more exposed to the choices that they have to calm themselves down. So you're aware that you're reacting and you're aware that you have choices and you might actually take those, some of those choices on. When you're in more middle of the ranges of reactivity, I find that your uh, this changes from I no, noticing what's going on with me, and now it goes into the you. So from a child's perspective or a teenager's perspective, it, it, it they become like, oh my gosh, everyone around me thinks I'm I'm stupid, or they don't like me, or they're talking about me, or or the teacher's mad that I didn't hand in my homework on time, and it just it goes more into they feel like they're in a bubble and they're, they're sort of like watching. They're outside of their body. They're not even in their body anymore. And then high levels of reactivity, as you can imagine, are just they're, they're completely riddled with fear. They're stuck. They might be feeling very guilty and um, ashamed and feel like they're an incredible burden on their family and they might not want to go to school, and it's, those are the high levels. So that's the way that I explain it to kids and families, and I find that that is really helpful to them because what I generally say is, look, we all react. I mean, everybody. Everybody is in reactivity. So um, it's really we want to identify that. That's the first step. Okay, I'm in reactivity, and... 
what do I do now? You know, and, and my, what I encourage people to do um, is, and I do talk about this in the Conscious Parenting Guide, is to really teach children how to learn how to identify um, what's happening because the key is, is by the time they're in it and you apply these tools and strategies, they're already in a tizzy and it can be really frustrating for a child because they're, they're really not feeling like it's working out for them. So we want them to start to learn to catch these symptoms early on before they even turn into a symptom. You want to actually help them to tune in to their bodies as a bodily sensation and observe themselves and the narratives that they're beginning to run in their head because a lot of anxiety is really the thoughts that are running and they're following the thoughts and they're being triggered by the thoughts. And then accompanied along with that is they're losing massive amounts of energy while this is happening. So our emotions are a form of energy and when we are in reactivity, we are basically dropping energy like there's no tomorrow. Until we're completely depleted, we've tapped into our adrenal glands, we're over, we're squeezing the heck out of our organs, we're getting all tight and tense, and you, it, and you get this wear and tear feeling in your body, and you think about tension, anxiety, that's exactly what it does. You feel, it literally can wear you out, and it wears a parent out, and it wears um, the child out. And so it's about turning that around and learning different ways that we can gain energy in the body. We don't have to go to thoughts. Teaching, and this is all in the book, teaching children how to thoughts deplete their energy, just like their bank account. It's like giving money away. It's like I tell them in, 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 that it's like carrying money around in your pockets and you have holes in your pockets. And by the end of the day, you're like, where's all my money? <laughs> I had all this. I have those same kind of pockets. <laughs> right. It's just I'm just gone. kidding. So <laughs> yeah, you know, <laughs> I have the same kind of pockets. I think I have money dropping out of my pockets. I'm, I was just kidding, though. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'll just help behind you catch it. Don't worry about it. It's, it's, you don't need to be anxious about it. I'll just pick all it right, up. All it's right, fine. Right. Thanks. So. Uh, <laughs> Can, can we kind of so it sounds like we can teach children how to recognize the different levels of anxiety. Can you go back to the low level of anxiety um, and explain mm-hmm. that a little bit? Because that's I think where you said that we should pay attention and catch it um, and help our children learn to pay attention to those things. What are they feeling right. at that low level of anxiety? Well, that is the that is the part where we can really teach them to go to their body as a resource. So when they're when you're still focused on the I, you you can still go to that place where you have a body, and your body is a medicine cabinet, and it has a tremendous amount of resources. And so we need to bridge the gap between the brain and the body. Otherwise, you just become this head, head heavy, everything's about fixing and controlling it. So observing that, okay, I'm having these thoughts, I recognize my choices, and really teaching them that the choices are about how to be in the body, because the body's in the present moment, it's always in the present moment, it's the, it's the head, that, the mind that is the time traveler. And, and when we go to the past, 
or we go to the future, and that's another way that anxiety, generalized anxiety is identified, is all this what if. What if, what if, what if? And as parents, we tend to react back, and we want to calm them down, and we want to answer them, and we try to, oh, well, okay, this isn't going to happen because of this, and we, we actually follow them. We're part of the dance. Sherry sure, Anna, we, we're getting very close to our first break. So our listeners love tips. They just love these very concrete, specific tips that they could like do today or they could try out today. So before the break, do you have any act- tips for us on handling, helping kids handle anxious behaviors? So the, the, the tip I have is that you want to think of your pause button is not in your head. It's actually your navel center. So the navel area, if you press your, your belly kids, you tell them to pre- press their belly button back, that is their brake pedal. It is not to tell themselves to stop or pause or to think about it. It's press your brake pedal. As soon as you press that brake pedal, pull your navel in, that brings you into an exhale. We want them to be breathing from the lower belly. We want to pull them into the exhale, ground them into the lower half of the body. When you pull your navel in, your pelvic floor is going to lift up. So for children, this is the area, the genital areas where the muscles you use to go to the bathroom that you get a little natural squeeze there. So when we encourage them to do that, they're going to pull up the pelvic floor Right away, that's going to stop energy from leaking from my body. It's also going to interrupt thought. It's going to increase space between my thoughts, and it's going to give them a grounding feeling, a more of a secure feeling in their own body because they don't feel like they have any footing. The other thing you want to watch, I had not too long ago, I had a teenager in my office and with, riddled with anxiety, and I looked down and his feet looked like ducks. If your child walks around with duck feet, guess what? They're not even connected to their core. The basic posture, everything that you learn when you go into an exercise class and learning how to stand on your, if your child's um, posture is off, I would highly recommend you might even get them a chiropractic adjustment because they're never going to feel grounded and secure if their feet are out or they're pigeon-toed in. They're going to have a hard time generating energy and connecting to the earth. So posture alignment helps with breathing. Sherrianna? Go ahead. Those are great tips. Uh, We're going to take a quick break, um, and when we come back, We'll let you finish your thought, but we also want to talk to you about um, supporting a senior and elderly person um, who is feeling anxious and some things that caregivers should avoid when helping someone with their anxiety. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. SarahCare, we provide daytime activities and health-related care for seniors who need assistance and support during the day. It is 101 activities at home by dinner. 
While we pride ourselves on the quality of our care, the Sarah Care Way sees beyond your loved one's needs to understand them as a unique individual. We care for individuals with chronic diseases, memory loss, stroke, Parkinson's disease, or those who may be feeling depressed and isolated. Our program is designed to encourage seniors to remain involved in activities of their choice, customized to meet their interests and abilities. Our outings include lunch at favorite restaurants and trips to the movies, concerts, or shopping at a cost that is less than five hours of in-home care. Your family member can attend one of our centers all day and be cared for by professional nurses and activity assistants. Transportation and financial assistance is available. Call 1-800-472-5544 today to learn how Sarah Care can help or visit us on the web at sarahcare.com. That's S-A-R-A-H care.com. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You are listening to Caught Between Generations. To reach our program today, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to drmerrill at caughtbetweengenerations.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Caught Between Generations. We're here with Sherrianna Boyle, who is the author of The Conscious Parent's Guide to Childhood Anxiety, a mindful approach for helping your child become calm, resilient, and secure. She also has a new book, Um, coming out which she'll talk to us about at the end and we've also read her book Mantras Made Easy Mantras for Happiness Peace Prosperity and More which has also been it's just a great book so welcome back Shariana Um, we've been talking we've been talking about children um, and we want to move a little bit to talking about how you would support an elderly person or a senior who is feeling anxious what are your suggestions well, when it comes to elderly or senior, it, it might be a little bit, hard. again, I'm going to refer to the posture, but it, it, it might be a little difficult for um, them to sit up straight. So I, I think when you're teaching and you're encouraging them, them to breathe, have deeper breaths, slower breaths, that it's helpful to coach them when they're on their backs, when they're lying down, when they're in a, or in a, or maybe prop them up a little bit. So, and then... Uh, and then actually counting out loud the breath. And, and this works for children as well. So it's, a, it's counting and maybe have them put a, a hand, hand on their lower belly. We inhale for one, two, three, and then we exhale three, two, one. I think that it's also important that we adjust. We get adjust our tone of voice. Sometimes when it comes to elderly people, especially ones that are hard of hearing, sometimes we do a lot of yelling around them, and they're gonna, they'll let you know if they need you to speak louder. But if we're always yelling, you can, you can almost see how that can feel very energetically disrespectful to them and very um, assuming that we assume that they're disabled in, in that way. So it's important that we we look at our own boundaries before approaching someone, before putting our hands on someone. And the way that you establish boundaries uh, is 
is internally first. And that, again, I'm going to refer to that navel area where you press your belly back and you get grounded and secure in your own body before you approach someone else. Because what can happen is anxiety is contagious. We know that. We, we can go in a room where people are anxious or people are feeling rushed or tense, and we can leave and feel, we can be like, whew, glad I'm out of there. And so we want to be sensitive to that because when someone is maybe losing their eyesight or losing their hearing, they're actually picking up on energy. They're, they have to start to develop another sense to be able to function. And so we want to be mindful of how we enter that space. And if we're rushing around and we're not grounded in ourselves, they're going to feel that and they might actually pick up resistance, resistant, resisting our, our suggestions, resisting our support, resisting our... And then we get offended and we feel overextended or unappreciated. And you can see how these cycles can kick in and it can create these dynamics in families. So it's just really important that we, we monitor ourselves, we're mindful, and we're always respectful of somebody else's energy. We always knock before we enter if we're going to visit someone. We don't just walk in the house. Even if it is a parent, we still treat them the way that we would want to be treated. Is this a good time for you? Is this, does this work for you? Asking questions. And being willing to learn about the elderly, your elderly parent, because their, their tastes, their, everything's changing for them. And so being curious and not assuming that we completely know someone. And, and, um, and again, I'm going to use that word respect. So the, the breathing is going to be helpful for them, helping. Shariana? Hi. Oh, Hi. I think we lost her. Oh, there she is. Hi. 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 Okay. Hi. We, hey, we, we, we didn't stress out. We thought you were still here. We got here. a little anxious. <laughs> Just but, a little. But it's okay. We started breathing. <laughs> and we have the cookies. And we're punching our navels. So we're good. <laughs> we're not punching. We're, 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 we're breathing. We're breathing. We're breathing. We're, 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 we're okay. We're all okay. Okay. <laughs> Sherry Addis, so Hi. I... I um, I want to switch topics just for a minute, um, uh, and I want to go back to kids just for a second, because I want to talk about um, your thoughts about discipline, and you have a section in your book where you talk about um, that consequences are different than punishment. So will you yeah. explain that to us? Consequences are about teaching. What, what we want our child to learn from the situation. Punishment is you did Okay. And uh, consequences are, okay, what what do I hope that my child will learn? What what can they learn from this situation? And it what consequences do is they make mistakes safe and they allow uh, they allow children to develop self-acceptance. And I'm a really big fan of helping children develop self-acceptance rather than um, self-esteem. I, I think self-esteem is important, 
but I think if you work on self-acceptance, that self-esteem comes quite naturally. And self-acceptance is all about developing that connection. Sharyana, I I have a question. What is the difference between self-esteem and self-acceptance? What is the difference between self-esteem and self-acceptance? I'm not sure I understand what the difference is between those two things. Self-esteem is more focused on our strengths, developing our strengths, and it tends to be more how does somebody else think of me, right? Self-acceptance is is more focused on our connection and um, being as we are. It's a strength-based focus. It's more connection-focused. Can I be who I am and still have you accept me for all of me? Okay. Sharyana, this has been a great interview. Um, we really appreciate all this. So tell us about your uh, your books, your new book coming out, um, your blog, anything you'd like to share with us at this point. Well, I have a book out called Choosing Love. That's available now. And that's, that's about really looking at all of these love myths that many of us have grown up with. And... Uh, that's really helpful for parenting as well because I think it influences how we react and respond to our children based on what we believe, what is love and what it isn't. So Choosing Love is out. I have another book coming out in 2018, which is called Emotional Detox. Thank you very much, Sherry Ann Boyle, who we've been talking about the Conscious Parents Guide to Childhood Anxiety and Mantras Made Easy. Thank you so much for sharing your time with us today. Thank, Thank you. you, Sherry. So when we return, we'll be talking to Dr. Kesley Crow, um, who a book is there is no good card for this. What I really love is this description of this book, which is this book is not chicken soup for the soul. It's whiskey for the wounded. We'll be right back. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Where's your dad? What's he doing? You'd know if he was at Sarah Care Daytime Senior Care and Activities. You'd know he's enjoying a full day of cooking, computers, yoga, golfing, and he's home by dinner. You'd know Sarah Care LPN and RN Nursing Care is with him to ensure he gets the right medications at the right dosages. You'd know. How's your dad? He's just fine. At Sarah Care Daytime Senior Care and Activities. Call 330-451-6108 for one free day of care at Sarah Care. Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN. The Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? Are you finding your frequency? 
It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Live Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus, topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480 294 6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus, topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You are listening to Caught Between Generations. To reach our program today, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to Dr. Merrill at CaughtBetweenGenerations.com. Now, back to the show. Hi, welcome back to Caught Between Generations. So we were expecting um, Dr. 
Dr. Crow, but it seems as though we have a little bit of an issue um, trying to find her. Um, things happen in people's lives and we all live through this um, and so Deanna and I are still here and we're going to be talking to you about what do you say um, to someone when they're going through either a tragedy or a chronic condition or or just uncomfortable so I'm going to put poor Deanna on the spot <laughs> okay are you ready Deanna? Oh, I'm going to get ready okay. I think all right so let me before I put you on the spot let me ask you a question okay, okay? so so why is it that you think that when we get into a situation, mm-hmm. when someone has bad news, they've just found out their spouse has cancer or they themselves are ill. Actually, we have a mutual friend, I just realized, who is in this mm-hmm. situation. We do. Why do you think we get so uncomfortable and we get tongue-tied and we don't know what to say? Oh, that is such a good question. <laughs> um, why do... I know why I, I think I know why I get uncomfortable. I I think when I get difficult news from a friend and, and it's hard, I don't want to add, I don't want to add anything to that, that pain and difficulty. And so I, I kind of freeze up because I don't know what to say. And so I think that's probably the biggest thing for me is I really just don't know what to say. Maybe I don't trust that I have, um, the right words to say or that you know I, I have the wisdom to say something that's going to really make a difference to somebody that's hurting. That's interesting that you say that because mm-hmm. I think that's one of the reasons why we end up not saying anything mm-hmm. because the key words I think that you said is you're trying to find the words that will make a difference. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. And and I think maybe that that pressure to feel as though what you need have to say has to mm-hmm. be you know, really significant. It has to make a difference. Um, is maybe I just realize is what makes us tongue tied. But mm-hmm. in reality, when someone has just lost someone or they've received bad news or whatever it is, let's face it. Whatever you say, it's very, very rare when you think it through that that would make a difference. Mm. Um, if our listeners are out there and you have things in mind that you know you say or people have said to you that have made a difference you know please call us you know and let us know you know what things have been said to you I'm sorry <laughs> we're looking we're, we're talking I don't know what we're looking for Dad and I are laughing because, I'm sorry I apologize to you we're laughing because I'm trying to get the call in number um, and, oh yeah and I didn't know what you were pointing that's at that's right <laughs> so I didn't really know what to say so or. we are not really unkind to unfeeling people no, who are laughing at, at someone else's tragedy I'm sorry we're laughing we're kind of laughing at each other as, ourselves. We're, as we're fumbling here which is yeah, and and that's not not what I want to do when I'm talking to a friend that has difficulty, because it's very serious, and especially if there's a loss or it's painful. You know, I'm I'm very sensitive to what I say and how I say it. Right, but sometimes you know that sense. I've heard people say that you know suddenly people treat me with kid gloves, mm-hmm. and now it makes it even worse for me right. because it makes me feel uncomfortable. It just says to me all the time you're mm-hmm. ill or you've just had a major loss. Mm-hmm. Because look, you shouldn't walk up and say to someone who's just had a major loss, "Hey, I just heard this great joke today." You know, or maybe you do because sometimes mm-hmm. humor works. But you know, I think it's that. 
I, I have a close friend who's a very good friend, but, mm-hmm. you know, we kind of have a joke among all of us that we know when she's moved into her social work role, all right, <laughs> she's moved out of being our friend, and she puts on her social work hat, because her voice drops, all right, it gets lower, <laughs> right, and she slows down her rate of speaking, mm-hmm. all right, and her body posture gets different, and so mm-hmm. we all know, okay, mm-hmm. so now it's not our friend anymore, it's the social worker <laughs> who's sitting and eating lunch with us. So you have to kind of be careful of those right. kinds of things. So getting back to putting poor Deanna on the spot. Okay. <laughs> so let's talk about the things that people say that mean well, but don't necessarily go over well. So you meet your friend and your friend says, this is terrible news, but after 15 years of what I thought was a really happy marriage, you know, um, John announced to me that he wants to mm. be divorced, okay? Mm-hmm. And here are the responses I've heard sometimes my patients repeat to me. There are things like, oh, you know what? To tell you the truth, I never liked that guy anyway, uh. all right? <laughs> or, you know, it's okay. There are more fish in the sea or better fish in the sea or you're going to meet your toes. And, you know, know, and just all of these things that, you know, are meant to say, oh, you'll do better off without him. Or, you know, at least he had a good life. He was 92. You know, it was kind of, it was okay. You know, at least he went quickly without any pain. I mean, I I don't know why we say these things. Yeah, and it's always, it's really risky to say something like, oh, he he was such a jerk anyways. You know, that's not. (laughs) Not really a great idea because, you know, down the road, a week or two later, they could be working things out. And That's true. I had yeah, thought about that. That, that right. was the first thing that crossed my mind is you never know. And you never know what's going to happen down the road in those kind of situations. So you want to be really careful about what you say. But if she's over there crying and you really did think that, you know, he wasn't right for her, or in, it's really maybe harder for you to say um well, I feel so bad for you because maybe you don't feel bad. Maybe you think, well, maybe that's a good thing. <laughs> so, 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 Deanna, if you don't mind my asking you, so you're a mother mm-hmm. of a special needs child. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. So what are the kinds of things that people have said to you mm-hmm. that have made you feel better? And what are the things people have said to you that are not so supportive? Right. That's Those are... Those are good questions, a little um, loaded, a little uncomfortable, but, but good. No, no, I think it's good. I think they're important um, because, you know, we don't always talk about them. So I think it's really important. And I know that once I even, I even posted once on my Facebook, you know, kind of what was said and what wasn't said to me as a mom, because I, I think it's important to, to share that with other people. So some of the things that haven't been helpful is I've had people say, you're really waiting a long time to get your son's services. And anytime somebody says to you, well, geez, you're waiting a long time to get something done. That's really hard as a mom, because I think that as a mom, you have automatic guilt anyways built in. But then um, as a mom of a special needs child, you know, guilt sort of comes with that whole package and you you want things to move faster, but getting services, it can be a slower process. And it can be a slower sure. process for multiple reasons. You know, you don't always know, you can't explain every situation's different, but in ours, you know, I, I saw things with him early on and then we didn't get him diagnosed until later and then services came after that. And so we're still getting certain services, but when somebody says, wow, it's taken you a long time, 
you know, I, I take that really in the heart. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and I want to say, wait, let me, let me sit down and tell you, you know, some of my story. But I, I really don't go into that. I'm more just kind of where you suck in your breath and you kind of go, oh, that, that, so, that so, hurt a little. <laughs> so what has someone said to you um, as a mother that you remember that made you feel better? You know, I, I have a few friends um, that I would just go spill my guts out to. And I would tell them all the things that had happened that that were really difficult. You know, when my son had a meltdown, we'd go for walks and he'd have meltdowns if we didn't go the right way. And so I would come, I would go to my friends and I would say, oh, this is kind of how I've been. And these are some of the things that have been happening that have been difficult. And I had a friend, matter of fact, too, and they that sat and said, you are the most amazing mom in the world. And at that point, I did not feel like the most amazing mom in the world. (laughs) I had sat there with my son on the sidewalk and, you know, basically cried with him after he melted down. And I felt pretty awful as a mom. And, And they were being, it seemed very genuine. And they just said, you are one of the most amazing moms that I've ever known. And it was in the same evening that somebody was saying that. It was multiple people saying that. And they weren't saying it to to make me feel better. They honestly felt like... I think that I was a really amazing mom. And so it felt really good, you know, that they saw something in me that I didn't really see. I kind of felt like, oh, this is hard and I'm struggling and I'm not an amazing mom. I'm kind of this, ah, you know, mom who's falling apart a bit. But they said, oh, no, you're, you're a very strong mom and you're an amazing mom. And I actually have had multiple friends say that. So anytime that they say that, you know, they kind of tell me where I'm, I'm not failing, they tell me where they see that I'm doing well. That's really encouraging. I think it's, I, I think you're right. I think it's not only to be encouraging and tell you where you're not feeling. I know that as a caregiver for my mother mm-hmm. after her stroke, um, you know, you're you're working really hard to take really good care of someone. Mm-hmm. You know, and I would have people come in and they didn't mean anything by this, but they would be like, oh, I feel so bad for your mom that she had this stroke. Oh, I feel so bad for Frank, for my husband. You know, he's Mm -hmm. so gracious to allow your mother to, you know, live in your home now. You know, um, you know, they would like mention everyone in my life. Mm -hmm. And and not that I wanted necessarily the the recognition, Mm -hmm. all right, because I wanted to take care of my mom and my home. But it, after a while, it's like, hey, you know, <laughs> guess what? I'm here, all yeah. right? And my cousin, one of my uh, cousins came to visit, who I was extremely close to. Um, she was more like an older sister to me mm-hmm. than a cousin. And when she walked in, you know, she, that's what she said to me. She said to me, you are just an amazing daughter. Mm-hmm. You know, it is so wonderful. You know, and I and and I was like close to tears. I was like, oh, my gosh, just mm-hmm. those little supportive words mm-hmm. of I, I recognize what you're doing and this is great. Um, just just meant a lot. It meant a lot. Yeah. So those those little words, sometimes we often feel like you need to have words and you need to say something. But you know what? Sometimes just a hug, sometimes just a pat of the hand. Um, After my father died, who I was very close to, I know this is going to sound like a really strange story, but um, I flew back from Florida Mm -hmm. uh, where we had the funeral and my some of my friends came to see me. 
and and they handed me a box and they were kind of laughing as they handed it to me and they said we didn't know what to do and we wanted to do something for you so we brought this to you and what they had brought me was one of my favorite foods in the world is chocolate covered pretzels and that's what they had done (laughs) and they're like we know this is really strange but we wanted to do this and I thought you know what that really meant a lot to me mm-hmm. and said we know this is a difficult period of time we know you know a little chocolate would probably help you through it mm-hmm. and, and we're your friends so we know what your favorite chocolate is right and we went and got it for you so I thought it was great oh, it so, is, yeah yeah so when we come back we're going to be talking about mantras and affirmations and a little more about what you can say and well, what you shouldn't say is really what the word is and what you should say so stay with us Deanna and I will be right back your life your health your network you're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. At Sarah Care, we provide daytime activities and health related care for seniors who need assistance and support during the day. It is 101 activities at home by dinner. While we pride ourselves on the quality of our care, the Sarah Care Way sees beyond your loved one's needs to understand them as a unique individual. We care for individuals with chronic diseases, memory loss, stroke, Parkinson's disease, or those who may be feeling depressed and isolated. Our program is designed to encourage seniors to remain involved in activities of their choice, customized to meet their interests and abilities. Our outings include lunch at favorite restaurants and trips to the movies, concerts, or shopping at a cost that is less than five hours of in-home care. Your family member can attend one of our centers all day and be cared for by professional nurses and activity assistants. Transportation and financial assistance is available. Call 1-800-472-5544 today to learn how Sarah Care can help or visit us on the web at sarahcare.com. That's S-A-R-A-H care.com. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to Caught Between Generations. To reach our program today, please call 1 866 472 5792. That's 1 866 472 5792. You may also send an email to Dr. Merrill at CaughtBetweenGenerations.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Caught Between Generations. I'm Dr. Merrill, and I'm here with Deanna. Hi, Deanna. Hi, Merrill. So, I have a question. I actually, I always have questions to ask. Okay. So, sometimes we have trouble receiving those Mm -hmm. kind words. So you were just talking about how your friends said, you're an amazing mother. Mm -hmm. I was talking about how my cousin said, you're an amazing daughter. And sometimes, although we want to hear those words, we tend to, in effect, make light of them Mm -hmm. or discard them or you just poo-poo them, as my mother Mm -hmm. would have said. It's an old term. Poo-poo them. Okay. Why do you think that is? I mean, sometimes we're like, yeah, okay, whatever. I mean, that's the response, right? All right, that we have trouble accepting those kindness, those words. Mm-hmm. I, I wonder if it's not multiple reasons. You know, it could be that we don't want others to think that um, that we think we're all that. 
you know, if I if I say, oh yeah, I maybe I am a kind of a, an amazing mom, or <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, we just maybe we don't. <laughs> that I mean, that could be a little surfacey. Maybe that's one of the reasons. You know, uh-huh, we want to seem a little humble. You know, I yeah, that's true. Yeah, but then I think it goes deeper than that. I think there's a little bit of, um, am I really worthy? You know. Um, of being an amazing mom. Is that really true about me? Do I really believe that somewhere deep in me or an amazing daughter? And so I think that's where it gets um, even harder to receive those kind words. Yeah, it's, you know, there's um, a workshop I used to do on assertiveness training. Mm-hmm. And, and one of the examples of non-assertiveness training was was the inability to accept compliments. Mm. You know, and so someone says to you, oh, Deanna, you know, wow, you look really nice today. Mm-hmm. What a beautiful dress. And and guys will go like, yeah, thanks, you know. But women are like, oh no, this is just like really old, and I bought it at a you know a, a basement you know budget yeah. shop, and you know, I didn't pay too much for mm-hmm. it, and I've had it for not. It's like what? Shut yep. up! I say that kind. I do say that kind of stuff because I shop at those kind of stores. Those yeah, are my favorite resale stores. But, but, but here's the other side of it, guys. So if you give someone a compliment and they mm-hmm. give you that, well, it's old, and I bought it, you know, mm-hmm. for for ten bucks at a garage sale Mm -hmm. now I feel stupid okay Uh, (laughs) I just said to you (laughs) what a gorgeous dress and basically what you're saying to me is you have you don't have an eye for fashion you have no taste or that that I'm really savvy and I spent you know five dollars on it because I have great taste but you know an eye for um you know saving some money but so sometimes what we say to people is listen just say thank you just say thank you just say you know it's like just say no just Just say say thank you you. just smile and say thank you but i think we should say more than thank you i think that we should say thank you and then receive it if we just say thank you and then let it stay on the surface kind of push it away we didn't receive it i think there's a difference so what do you mean by that what do you mean by receiving it I think we should own it. I think we should say, okay, then I'm going to believe that. I'm going to accept that for myself. And we have that choice when somebody says something about us, whether positive or negative, whether to accept it, to receive it. So I think that more than saying thank you, that we should make that decision. Okay, I'm going to own that and I'm going to receive it. I think that's really a great point. That really is, all right? Oh, well, thank so, you. Yeah. <laughs> you I received that. And you, and you own it, right? And you're feeling less yes, anxious I now. feel good, yeah, yes. Good. So, so, I mean, it, it's true. So if someone, if you're a caregiver mm-hmm. for someone, whether it be a child or a senior or whoever it is, mm-hmm. and someone says to you, wow, you know, you know, what a great daughter you are, what a great son you are, what a great mother, what a great father you are. You're right. You need to accept that mm-hmm. as as real and not have a whole internal conversation with mm-hmm. yourself mm-hmm. about, oh, I'm sure they didn't mean it. Oh, you know. They didn't see what I did last night or how I felt or, you know, what I was saying in my head when I walked away from my loved one. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I just had this conversation yesterday with someone about how we all have the same feelings, mm-hmm. all of us, all right? In raising children, we've all had moments where we mm-hmm. wanted to 
kill them, you know, <laughs> or throw them up against a wall. Not that I'm a Or run away. Run away. Right, or run away. I've wanted to run away yeah, I, with an ice cream container, but... Oh, I love that. With an ice cream container. <laughs> Actually, I used to say to my children, why don't you just send me to my room, okay? Right. <laughs> and be done with it, you know? Yeah. Or I'm taking care of my mom. I mean, there are moments mm-hmm. when... Mm-hmm. So you're not a terrible person for feeling that way. It's just... That's how it is. So it's what you do with those feelings that really mm-hmm. separates out mm-hmm. people who are abusive from people who are not abusive. It's not that mm-hmm. you have those feelings. How, how do we not receive those negative comments then? If, we, if, it's, if it's easy for, or if we're talking about receiving positive, how can we not receive negative comments? I think you have to look at who is sending the message. Okay. All right. And how important is that relationship to you? Mm-hmm. Because there are people who always will send negative messages. My, my husband calls them equal opportunity abusers. Mm. They send negative messages to everyone. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just not you. And so sometimes I just will turn to a person like that and say, look, I know being negative is your chosen activity for the day. Go for it. All right. Have a good time. All right. Not my chosen activity for the day. So mm-hmm. I'm feeling pretty good. Mm-hmm. You want to feel bad? I'm happy for you. You've met your goal. So you kind of say it with a bit of a smile. And right. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of make a joke of it. But you don't receive it. Right. Right. I don't receive it I, and I don't own it. it, which is different than someone who's giving you constructive and effect criticism, mm-hmm. you know, and, mm-hmm. and and from someone especially that you respect mm-hmm. and who is not usually a negative mm-hmm. and they're trying to say something which they think, you know, will help you, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, I mean, there's a difference. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. There's a definite difference. Yeah. And I like that kind of feedback. Yeah. But I, I do think that it takes a, it, it almost takes um, a self assurance to to ask for that kind of feedback because you have to be ready to hear something that maybe you don't like maybe that's a little difficult mm-hmm. but it, you have to you have to know that the person that's giving it to you is somebody that you trust so you don't ask everybody for that kind of feedback. True, right. but I think I still think the biggest problem that as caregivers we have mm. is not being able to accept the positive. Mm. The, the problem so is it's very easy for us to accept the negative. Mm-hmm. We'll always accept the negative. Mm-hmm. All right, it's accepting the positive yeah. that seems to create more problems for us than than anything else. Mm. So I want to talk okay. a little bit about mantras. Okay. Okay. Because um, I love mantras. Okay. Mm-hmm. Except what I learned from reading actually Sherrianna Boyle's book mm-hmm. or mantras is that what I've been calling mantras for years yeah. is not a mantra. It's not. No. What is it? It's an affirmation. Oh, what's the difference? Oh, well, okay. No, 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 no. Actually, I do know the difference. So mantras are something, actually, that are very, very old, Mm -hmm. and they have to do with sounds. It was very interesting to me Mm -hmm. because, you know, it's like the yoga, mm, Mm -hmm. it brings a a resonance into your body, Mm -hmm. okay? And it was interesting to me because they were talking about that early sounds where the the tongue hits the roof of your mouth Mm -hmm. are very comforting. And so sometimes doing like la, 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 actually will comfort you and will ease you. And I found that interesting because in infant development, 
an infant's usually first word is mm-hmm. da 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 da, yeah. which drives mothers crazy. <laughs> all right, not fair. It's like, listen, it's mom, mom. I'm right, the one who's right. been up with you all through the night. What's with this da 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 da? Yeah. But when we've always said, you know, for a long time, that kids say that because they like that feeling of the tongue going up against the roof of the mouth. Mm-hmm. All right? oh, okay. And that it's easy for them to do ma, 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 means you're mm-hmm. going to pucker your lips. Mm-hmm. All right. And it's harder to say. And it's not as resonating as the tongue to the roof of the mouth, which is what babies do when they say da, da. Wow. So I found that kind of interesting. It is interesting. Yeah. 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 So... Mantras have a long, long history. I'm not going to go through the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Affirmation, and, and they're very based in religion mm-hmm. um, and in sounds. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not going to kind of go through that with you. I'm just going to talk about affirmations okay. for a moment. So affirmations, and what I used to call mantras, um, are things that you say to yourself mm-hmm. that help you get through a difficult period. Mm-hmm. Okay, so my brother-in-law who I love dearly, always says to himself, just another bump in the road, all Mm -hmm. right? It's comforting to him. He likes it. It helps him get through Mm -hmm. difficult times. Mm -hmm. Do you have an affirmation that you say to yourself? One that I say every day. You know, I I have said affirmations, um, but I don't have one specific one I say every day. I have... I've had them over uh, the course of different days and months. And so whatever I think I'm maybe struggling with is maybe the affirmation. Like maybe I'll say, um, you're brave. You know, you're you're very brave and you can do this. And so one of my affirmations, if I'm feeling a little um, discouraged or a little afraid of something, fearful about something, could be that morning, like you're very brave, you're courageous, you can drive on the expressway. <laughs> I don't like to drive on the expressway. Well, but that could, I mean, really, for real, because I've been toying with driving on the expressway again, is that, you know, I could give myself an affirmation and tell myself that I am fully capable of driving on the expressway. Okay, so we're at the end. Um, <laughs> oh, okay. Th- thank you for listening for Quote Between Gen- Generations. I'm just going to give you my affirmation because it has to do with highways, and that oh, oh. is temporary inconvenience for permanent improvement. Mm. Take care of yourselves. All right. Thank you for tuning in to Caught Between Generations with Dr. Mel Griff. Our program is live every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. We hope to see you here next week. again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the voice america health and wellness channel for more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest please visit voiceamericahealth.com the voice america talk radio network is the worldwide leader in live internet talk radio visit voiceamerica.com the views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the voice america talk radio network it's staff and management.